A digital gaming storefront that once prided itself on being exclusive and free of bloatware has now changed course. Plus, allegedly, Sony is not interested in a long-term deal for Call of Duty. Tonight is March 12th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so love, you would say, uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Aki Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy O'Kay says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. Hello. Believe it or not, when Twitch makes you change your password, it also kills all of your streamer keys. So I got a little bit of a late start tonight because I'm like, I can't stream to my channel. And I think it even like dis- destroyed my stream deck uh, integrations. Whatever. It's fine. Hello, everybody. And welcome to uh, yet another edition of finally of the Bobby Blackwell show where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice Geeks Network this Sunday night, thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, we do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Uh, that is where we are, and I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. Unlike last week when uh, I was uh, somebody made a joke about it being the Ides of March, I'm like, oh yeah, March fifth. No, it's March fifteenth is the item Ides of March. So I made all these Ides of March jokes last week. Nobody called me out on it. Thank you. Uh, I actually appreciate it because I would have felt really dumb. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that that's March fifteenth, not March fifth. So I'll try not to read comments like that. Uh, but we are a podcast. Uh, check us out. Uh, I'm, I'm, we love the podcast audience as well. We do have a Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. That is where I am throughout the week. Uh, and uh, that's where you can suggest stories. It was it seemed like a really light week here. Uh, so uh, I, I kind of had to like scrape for some things to talk about tonight. Uh, but that is where we're at uh, throughout the week. You can find out things. Uh, anything you want to know about... Uh, movies like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Super Mario movie. There's a channel for that. Uh, check all that out. And uh, and, and we're, we're there. It's, it's a low-traffic server. We don't ping everybody. Uh, so come join us. It's nice and cozy. So uh, let, let's talk about uh, some of the news that's going on this week that, that I can uh, talk about. Uh, or, or, or it's... I guess maybe I'm maybe not paying attention as much. I will say I did play and clear every song in theater rhythm final bar line. So I've, I've cleared all the songs. Uh, I've played all of them. Uh, I got the, uh, the, the little uh, feet, which is what they call them. F E A T not F E E T. Uh, but I got the little feet that says that I played all the songs. I cleared all the songs. Uh, so now I'm kind of working on trying to clear all the quests. I think I've got like 60 something percent quest completion. Uh, and it's all about like dealing with your party uh, and having the right party for the right things. Uh, Reddit, I found a Google spreadsheet on Reddit that's like for this quest, you're going to want these characters with these uh, with these abilities. And this one, you're going to have to use a scroll to grant them that ability, the ruin ability, for instance. And, you know, here's, you know, you may need to, you know, bump up their stats a little bit. Uh, but this will, you know, anyway, 
there's a lot to it. And, um, and yeah, so, uh, so I've been playing that a lot, uh, so much so that when I bought Octopath Traveler 2, I haven't played it. I played it enough to transfer my save game from the demo to the real game, and then Mario Kart 8 went back in because we got new tracks and a new character uh, in Mario Kart 8. So maybe I wasn't paying attention too much, but I did remember some stuff that happened that I wanted to talk about. And this first one, we're going to talk about Sony and uh, Sony and Microsoft and that whole thing, the Activision Blizzard thing. But this is kind of interesting. And uh, this is kind of a he said, she said type of thing, except the she in question was actually in the room and is the COO of Activision Blizzard. And it's it, I'm not going through all the stuff that happened this week uh, with this, but this I just thought, if true, which uh, I am going to use allegedly because the only proof we have is literally the COO of of Activision Blizzard saying this and Sony not denying it. That's the only proof we have. Uh, Kotaku reports that over a year after it was first announced, Microsoft's nice $69 billion Activision Blizzard deal is being picked apart under a microscope by regulators. It still appears to be crawling towards its inexorable conclusion, but things are getting very messy and incredibly silly in the process. The latest stunt is Activision's chief communications officer accused Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan of refusing to even consider an agreement that would keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for 10 years, apparently in the hopes of sabotaging the biggest tech merger in industry. So uh, Activision's Lulu Chang Maservi, who uh, was um, not exactly the, the, the best person in the world, um, said that you know, like unions were bad... Uh, Elon Musk critics need not reply. Anyway, not a wonderful person. We probably disagree fundamentally on many things. But this is what she said on, on the Twitters. Microsoft offered Sony, the dominant console leader for well over a decade with 80% market share, a 10-year agreement for on far better terms than Sony would ever get from us. We've also offered Sony guaranteed long-term access to Call of Duty. But they keep refusing. Why? The CEO of Sony, this is Jim Ryan, answered that question in Brussels, Belgium. In his words, and this is, so she is quoting him, quote, I don't want a new Call of Duty deal. I just want to block your merger, unquote. So Sony has not confirmed or denied that this happened. Um, and uh, this apparently happened uh, on uh, February 21st which was in front of regulators. So there is, like, this actually happened in a meeting that has minutes and transcripts and, and all that stuff. If that's true, and if he said that in front of regulators, then that may change some of the judicial things. Because if Sony's like, no, we don't want any deal with you, um, then they may look at that and we're like, well, Microsoft did a good faith effort. And DJ Rama says, well, if Sony isn't saying anything about it, then he then he did, in fact, most likely say it. And I would think that this person who is the CCO of Activision Blizzard knows enough of libel and or slander, one spoken, one's written, uh, that she still decided to tweet it because it's probably true. And she it's it's there's nothing Sony can do about it. Uh, saying that because if, especially if they said it in front of regulars, eventually that conversation is going to become part of the public record. 
even if it's not part of the public record now. So if you remember when uh, C- uh, when Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer propped the door open, uh, he said that uh, he told The Verge that the company previously presented a proposal to Sony to extend its current contract to bring Call of Duty to station, uh, PlayStation. Jim Ryan responded, quote, I hadn't intended on to comment on what I understood to be a private business discussion, unquote. So Sony also said that uh, they put in official filings that if my, if if this goes through, Microsoft's going to make a buggier version of Call of Duty on PlayStation. Uh, Microsoft said, of course, we're not going to do that. Um, currently, a Microsoft product is one of the PlayStation Plus essential games, Minecraft. Uh, my, my, I think it's Minecraft Legends, I think, or something. Um, or Minecraft Dungeons, I believe. Um, it's currently the PlayStation, and that's a Microsoft game. Uh, and uh, obviously, that's not a buggier version, right? And and uh, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick, who is not part of the Bobby Club, I, I do not allow him in the Bobby Club, said the UK would become Death Valley if it messes the deal up. Uh, but meanwhile, in the EU, Reuters uh, recently reported that Microsoft seems poised to prevail, while in the US, the Federal Trade Commission is still preparing its antitrust lawsuit that seems engineer more to extract, uh, extract concessions than to completely scuttle the merger. And Microsoft has already prevailed in other large markets like Brazil. So, uh, yeah, so this this comment apparently was in a closed door hearings with EU regis- uh, regulators between Sony and Microsoft on February 21st, which is we do know that is the day that Sony and Microsoft met with EU regulators. Like we have proof of that. That is well documented. Uh, this is the first time we've heard this. So uh, Questbuster says it's getting wild. Microsoft took out full page ads in the UK, like in the Daily Mail, where the deal is still facing scrutiny. Um, and DJ Romas says, I think Sony is realizing that this deal is going through and they're getting a bit desperate. Uh, I do remember that there was there was something else that I had read that were one of the reg- gaming regular or one of the regulators in one of the countries actually did suggest that uh, that all really PlayStation cares about or all they really care about is the part that owns Call of Duty. So they're like, Microsoft, you can spend that nice $69 billion on Activision Blizzard, everything except Call of Duty. That needs to not be included, uh, which then really makes the deal a way less than the $69 billion that uh, that it is worth now. The Activision Blizzard without Call of Duty is absolutely not worth that much money. Um, Microsoft believes that it with Call of Duty is wor- worth that much money. And they've already offered, uh, in terms of the Call of Duty license, they've said, you know, we've got a long-term agreement to bring it to Steam. So it's not going to be exclusive to the Windows gaming store, Windows 11 store, whatever. Uh, They've committed to bring it to Switch, which right now Call of Duty is not on Switch. It'll probably be a streaming version of it, though. It's not going to run natively on the hardware. Um, And they've offered this to Sony. And Sony's like, we're we're really not interested. We just want to stop what you're doing. It's getting kind of silly, but uh, I laugh. Every once in a while. Um, I don't think that Call of Duty is as important to PlayStation as they make it seem. Uh, I believe that the first party titles that are only on PlayStation that are not available on other platforms, I think that is where uh, they really do focus a lot of their marketing. And that's where a lot of their uh, a lot of people buy. Most people buy PlayStations for their games to play your Spider-Man's to play your God of Wars, your Last of Us. Uh, your Uncharted's, uh, your Gran Turismo's. That's what people are really buying it for. There is a segment of the population, though, that only play Call of Duty. And for the longest time, and this is why PlayStation, this is why Sony's fighting hardback, uh, very hard against this. 
for the longest time, Sony had an exclusive marketing deal with Activision Blizzard when they were their own thing. And you would always get double XP weekends only on PlayStation. You would get DLC items first only on PlayStation. The new map would only be on PlayStation first, timed exclusive for a couple weeks or a month or whatever. Uh, There were always exclusives to PlayStation. The definitive edition of Call of Duty was always on a PlayStation console. The new Call of Duty footage was always shown off on Sony events when they would do events at at an E3-like thing. Uh, or at like a Game Awards or a Summer Games Fest, it would always be part of Sony and everything would be PlayStation branded with Call of Duty. That's not going to happen if Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard and takes over Call of Duty. Now all of that stuff will be part of Xbox stuff, but they have promised day and date parity with the other consoles. And Sony doesn't want to lose that marketing edge for the segment of people who only play Call of Duty. Dark Tatsia says, Call of Duty on Switch, I'd be perfectly happy with a Dead Ops Arcade Trilogy collection. Uh, what they've actually said is it's going to be Call of Duty. Like, it's the actual Call of Duty game will be available on Switch uh, for a long-term agreement. Microsoft's already said that. So this is not like a, a pared-down version of Call of Duty or something like a mobile-type game with Call of Duty branding. No, they're actually talking about the actual Call of Duty games. And E3VL even says, Call of Duty games have been horrible or non-existent on Nintendo's hardware in past generations, but now Nintendo has the streaming ability, and you have Xbox Game Pass with the xCloud and the streaming there. Uh, There are already games on Nintendo Switch that use that streaming functionality done by several third parties. Capcom, I know, does it, I believe, for one of the Resident Evil games. Control uses it. Uh, I even think Kingdom Hearts. I think, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 on Switch is a streaming... Uh, So Square Enix uses it for some of their games. Uh, So they have that technology. I mean, you can't play it offline on the go. You're going to be playing it connected to a good Wi-Fi signal. But that's how they've committed to bring Call of Duty to consoles. DJ Rama S says, I remember someone saying that this acquisition need not ha- uh, does not need to happen because Microsoft doesn't need to own Sony's mascots, which is Spyro and Crash. I said Sony never owned them in the per- first place. Yes, those were... They had exclusivity deals with, like, Spyro and Crash. Um, I actually I thought they had bought one of those. But I know Crash is, um, is on, and well, and I think Spyro is Activision. That's right. Um, I think originally they tried to hope that those would become first-party titles or second-party titles because Sony buys a lot of developers and makes them second-party developers. And that's where you get your Spider-Man... Uh, games. That's where God of War comes from and Last of Us and all that stuff. Licensing deal is what DJ Romas said. Yeah, so they they had a licensing thing. Um, Because I know we sit here and talk about Spyro, but really Spyro spawned Skylanders. And so that's what, you know, that's where Skylanders came from was the Spyro universe. And then they kind of they were able to kind of not include Spyro as much in the Skylanders universe because it became huge. Um. But Sony now has their own, like, they've started making their own kind of mascots. Not, they're not, uh, I mean, they've got, uh, they can use more of Astrobot. That's their new cuddly mascot. Um, they have Ratchet and Clank. That is, that is them. Uh, you know, but also they'll use, you know, in terms of more adult mascots, they do use Kratos and some stuff, and they'll use Aloy. Uh, so they, it's not, Yes, the stuff that they had as, as big-time mascots uh, from the 90s, because they didn't have any first-party studios, they were licensing them, 
uh, yeah, Microsoft's going to own them, but Microsoft also owns Banjo-Kazooie. And uh, last I checked, they're in Smash. As Sharon Matt says, I miss Lego Dimensions. I do, too. Uh, we uh, we actually still have some unbuilt Lego Dimensions here. We bought some, like, right at the end, tail end, and we just haven't built them yet. We have, like, a big thing of, like, a bunch of Lego Dimension stuff. I think we bought, like, 30 packs. My wife was really into it. So that's uh, the latest. Sony is worried that Microsoft's going to sabotage PlayStation. I don't think Microsoft's going to do that. It wouldn't be in Microsoft's best in- interest because then, I mean... When we see a buggy game from Bethesda, we don't think, oh, they're trying to make the console look bad. No, we say that Bethesda's terrible at at debugging their code, which is not true. Uh, They just don't prioritize the same thing that you think they should prioritize. Or maybe they'd prioritize correctly and you wanted the game anyway, uh, as quick as possible. So it would not look bad. If Call of Duty was buggy on PlayStation, it would not look bad on PlayStation. It would look bad on Activision. Gamers would not blame Sony for the game being buggy on their console. They would blame Microsoft, and Microsoft knows this. They're not dumb. You may think they're dumb. They're not dumb. So uh, also, uh, some somebody that's that's not really dumb is, uh, I guess, Warner Brothers in this sense. Uh, there, there was a game at the... Uh, uh, that, that, was, that was announced and, and shown off, the Suicide Squad... Killed the Justice League. Remember this? Uh, I, I think it was the Game Awards, and like that's how quick time has flown because like Game Awards was months ago. Uh, but Bloomberg reports that Warner Brothers has again delayed a video game based on the Suicide Squad, uh, Suicide Squad comic book franchise, pushing it to a May release date to later this year, according to a person with direct knowledge of the matter. Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League, a multiplayer shooter game starring a group of comic book antiheroes, was originally planned for release in 2022 until it slipped to 2023 early last year. Last fall, London-based developer Rocksteady Studios said it would be out May 26th. The new release date was not clear. And it was not the Game Awards. It was the, and somebody's in in chat is going to probably finally correct me. It was from the Sony State of Play a couple weeks ago. So it wasn't three months ago. It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, a representative for Warner did not immediately respond to a request for comment from Bloomberg. Uh, so this was showcased during a PlayStation event in February. If only I had read ahead. Uh, but received criticism from fans due to its service elements, such as its per- purchasable cosmetics and a requirement to play online. Uh, the delay is necessarily uh, necessary, according to this source, uh, mostly to fix bugs and improve aspects of the game that were lagging behind and won't overhaul much of the core gameplay that had led to the backlash. That's according to the person who asked not to be named discussing information that isn't public. So this is a um, what that is code for, because this is Bloomberg. So this is Jason Scherer at Bloomberg. And if you're wondering what that's code for, it's the PR team that's working on the game. It's the PR person, the PR contact. But they're like, "Mm, I'm going to speak off the record, kind of, sort of, because I can't really tell you this as part of the company. But this is what's going on. So this is about as close to a statement as you're going to get. And this is how Jason at Bloomberg has been able to get a lot of these scoops. And a lot of people don't like him. A lot of, a lot of gamers don't like him because he says things that the companies don't want out. And breaking NDAs. and blah, 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 blah. Um, This is how journalism works. He's got these relationships. And he's able to use them. And, and he protects his sources. 
and they all turn out to be right. Like, I, I haven't seen Jason post something yet that didn't turn out to be true. Um, every people have not liked what he said, but then like when it, you know, then when the dust settles and like everything he said is actually true. Uh, yeah, because he has, uh, people that confide in him because they know that he'll, you know, he can disseminate the information without them getting in trouble with their job. Um, Fifth Dream says uh, that uh, Suicide Squad looks like a generic Overwatch wannabe, a free to play game dead in about eight months. Uh, Questbrush says it seemed like they wanted to mix Crackdown with DC characters. Uh, S. Sharon Matt says more polished, but Pokes were mo- uh, more so annoyed with it being a live service looter game, which they seem to make it a core feature. And what this quote says, what this person said, is that we're not changing that. There was a lot of speculation on the internet from people who aren't in really in the gaming industry that said, oh, they got heard all the backlash about it being a live service game, so they're changing all that. No, they're not going to do that. Uh, unfortunately, it's too far along. The game was probably designed at this point around that functionality, and so they probably can't afford to change the core tenant of the game unfortunately it's probably too late in development they've sunk too much money into it the investors are going to want their money back it needs to come out and so they're going to try to do what they can to uh put lipstick on the pig but it's still going to be a pig and uh Man says we've changed nothing just cushioning the bull- blow and vamping and e3vl says this is more like marvel's avengers yeah it's uh uh, it, it is going to be, it, I, it looked like the Marvel Avengers game, but with DC antiheroes and even as Sharon and Matt says, have they not learned from the Avengers game? Folks rejected it because of those similar core features and it being buggy and just unfun. And Questbush says, I held out hope that Captain Marvel would come out for Marvel's Avengers until it was never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people really were, were holding out hope for that. I played a little bit of Marvel's Avengers. It was free on game pass for a bit. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it was, it was Okay. Um, it was more of a thing with me. I don't like stealth and about like an hour into the game. There's like the stealth section when you're, um, as Miss Marvel and you're like stealthily going through this park and trying to avoid things. And I'm like, all right, yep, I'm out. I can't, I can't dodge these. I, I'm not patient enough to dodge the searchlights. As German said, they hope Spider-Man would give it a second life. Nope. But that was only on PlayStation. And you know, uh, obviously, you know, exclusive stuff's great. Obviously. Speaking of exclusivity, uh, and, and, and an exclusive area, this is very interesting to me. This is about a gaming storefront that prided itself on being not like the others. And it prided itself on being a place where quality reigned, not quantity. A quality storefront with quality titles, with a metaphorical seal of approval, even though the seal of approval doesn't actually exist. But uh, Polygon reports that developers can now self-publish their games on the Epic Game Store. So uh, it's it's a milestone for the store. It's just, it has steadily gained features over recent years to better compete with Steam. It could be a big deal for some developers, too, as it simplifies the process to publish and find a new and possibly bigger audience than they might on Steam's very crowded homepage, which sells a mix of games and Valve's own Steam Deck. So you had to be invited 
onto the Epic Game Store. And not every game was invited to be on the Epic Game Store. And it was because they don't didn't want to overload the store with crap. That's what Steam does. On Steam, if you have a hundred bucks, you pay the hundred bucks, and you get that hundred bucks back if you make more than a hundred bucks in in profit or revenue or whatever. Uh, but a hundred bucks, and you get a game up on Steam, and you get all of Steam's discoverability features. You get all the the, the community hub and all that stuff. Uh, and and Epic's like that's one of the things that's wrong with Steam. Is is that? Uh, Epic said, we're not going to do that. Well, now they're actually doing that. Epic's requirements for game submissions differ from Steam's in one big way. Requiring that online multiplayer games support PC crossplay. In other words, the Epic Game Store release of a game must entitle you to play it online with people who own it via other stores like Steam or through the Xbox PC app. This is the um this is this is the play that they're doing. Because there is one system, one online system that allows you to have crossplay with Steam or Xbox PC app and it's Epic's crossplay. If you are using Steamworks, I don't think that inherently works with what Epic is doing with their online multiplayer system in Unreal Engine, which you don't have to be using Unreal Engine to use it, but like they own Unreal Engine. This is a play to get everybody to migrate all of their online infrastructure over to Epic. Because if they're on Steam and they're using Steamworks, well, they have to now modify and get rid of the Steamworks integration and instead go with Epic's integration, which works with Steamworks. And so this gets everybody into the Epic ecosystem instead of in Steam's ecosystem or instead of Xbox's ecosystem because their version play works with Epic and uh, Epic's version works with Xbox. It works with Steam. But Steam, they won't let Steam work with them. Like, they don't let, they're like, oh, no, yes, we will work with you, but you can't work with us. It, it needs to originate from us. And so that's actually the play here. Like Valve Store, Epic asked for a one-time $100 fee to self-publish a game. Alternatives like Itch.io remain free. Uh, although the revenue split with the Epic Game Store shakes out more in the developer's favor compared to Steam. Epic collects 12% of revenue from games sold compared to Steam's much higher but relatively industry standard 30% revenue share for most games. In 2018, Steam adjusted parts of its revenue sharing plan, rewarding top sellers beyond, earning beyond $10 million a larger cut of the revenue. Uh, so, th so this is... Epic Game Store has always said they're the best for developers. Like, they do a lot of things for developers, and some of that means that they are, and I'm not going to say the word hostile, because it's not really hostile towards consumers. But if they have to choose between something that benefits the developer and something that benefits the consumer, Epic is going to benefit the developer every single time. Mishkin says, question, what about those that own a Steam Deck? Is it the same thing, too? Just curious. Um, so, like, the, the Epic, if something you buy on Steam that works on the Steam Deck uses the Epic online system, then it should still work because Epic plays fine with Steam. They don't allow anything that uses Steam, Steamworks, and Steam's multiplayer as a base to work with Epic. 
Now, would you be able to buy games on Epic Game Store that work on Steam Deck? I don't think so. Uh, but I'm not positive. I don't own a Steam Deck, and I don't. I haven't bought anything off of Epic Game Store. I only get the free stuff over there. But going back to what I was saying about them choosing developers over consumers, there's certain things uh, because they give so much money back to developers. Instead of taking a 30% cut, they only take a 12% cut. They have to prioritize what features they want to work on because they don't have as much money. Epic does not have as much money coming in to be able to build features like a shopping cart which they have now, but it took them a long time. One of the things that they uh, actually have said we're not going to do because it's too expensive is having gift cards. So uh, what I do personally is that I will buy, uh, if I want to get put, put money in my Steam wallet, I don't have my credit card information or my PayPal information associated to Steam because you know how much stuff, how many times those things get hacked? I don't have my credit card information on file with any gaming company, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, none of them. Uh, but I'll buy a wallet card at a at a, a grocery store or a drugstore or Best Buy or something and then add those funds to my account. Epic Game Store does not have this. And uh, Tim Sweeney has even gone on record saying, yeah, no, we're not going to have this because we prefer because that costs a lot of money. And we think that money is better served going to the developers of the games on our storefront then going to things like making a gift card processing, uh, you know, going towards gift card processing and the creation of the gift cards and the distribution and, and all the stuff that goes into making those gift cards that you can buy and give to somebody. They said, yeah, that sounds great, but we would rather the, the developers get our money instead of us spending the money doing that, which is something beneficial to the consumers, but not necessarily to developers. Esther Onomat says, I really do not like having five different launchers for five specific games on PC after buying games in uh, one marketplace. It's kind of a first world nuisance, but it is kind of annoying. And I mean, I get that, but we're getting that anyway. Uh, because, you know, you can buy a game on Steam that's by Ubisoft and the Uplay launcher is installed and it shows up. Uh, you can launch it from Steam, but it opens up the Uplay launcher. Same with EA. Origin boots up on an EA game that you buy on Steam. Um and, you know, you can set, you know, in, in Epic's defense, and I'm using quoted fingers, uh, you can always set a, a shortcut in Steam to launch the game from Epic. You have to do that little bit of manual work, but you can still have it there. But I get it. And, and that's, but that's not my personal issue. Like, I don't have a problem with the separate launcher. Um, it, it's more the fact that I don't want to give Epic my credit card information. And right now, the only way to buy something from Epic is to either link your PayPal or give them your credit card. And that those are the only two ways to, to buy games on the Epic game store. And I want that third option of, I go get a wallet card somewhere uh, from somewhere that's not going to steal my credit card information. Uh, or I could pay cash for it if I was really, really paranoid. Uh, and then, you know, put that in and have that on my account and then just buy from that. And E3VL says, I only own the free games they give out. No, I've, I've got a ton of free games. Like, I am not, I don't mind that I have the Epic Games launcher, the Epic Store launcher on my desktop. I don't mind that I have an account that goes to my email address. I don't mind any of that. I know China, Tencent, bad, blah, 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 blah. but I don't mind that part of it. It's just, I, I don't want to give them my financial information, and that's it. The minute they allow me to buy wallet cards and, and add to my wallet without giving Epic my my financial information because I don't give Nintendo, I don't give Sony, I don't give Microsoft, 
I don't give Steam any of that. Uh, the minute they do that, yeah, I'll buy things on the Epic Game Store. Sure. Mike Dev says options are always good. Yes, uh, but options also cost money, unfortunately. And uh, and Epic has taken the stance, which developers I'm sure love, uh, that developers deserve that money more than a gift card processing company that does the the Steam cards or, or the Roblox cards. You see Roblox cards, Minecraft cards, things like that. Um, they believe that the developers should get that money instead of gift card processing. DJ Ramos says, how about using a virtual credit card instead? Yes, that is absolutely an option. Then I have to ask myself, do I care enough to buy the game on the Epic Game Store? Because in order, because yes, I can go buy just like a generic Visa gift card and then put in like the PIN number. There's like something you have to do to be able to activate it, to be able to be used online. Uh, but there's absolutely a process to do it. It's not a difficult process, but I'm like, do I care enough? And there might be a time that yes, I will care enough. And then I will get a Visa gift card, a, you know, a $100 Visa gift card or something and use it uh, on, on the Epic Game Store. But so far, there hasn't been something that I needed to go through that much trouble. And uh, Mike Dev says that is still tied to personal info and such. It, it, it is, but it isn't. Um, because uh, DJ Ram has to say it depends on when you can buy. You can go to a local store. Uh, and, and reload it. And so, yeah, like I've, I've gotten like, I've gotten the gift visa gift cards before and then I just use them. Um, so it's, it's not my personal info that I worry about. It's the fact that if they have my credit card on file, they could, it, that number could get stolen and then people could buy things on it. Whereas if it's a preloaded or a $100 visa gift card and that's the card they have on file, it gets stolen and I have like 30 bucks left on it. Okay, they stole it and they were able to buy 30 bucks worth of stuff before it went away. SJ Renomat uh, says, uh, when when folks started street, uh, stealing people's credit card info in the Ultimate Team crap in FIFA, it made people less inclined to attach their car- credit card to these services. Yeah, it did. Uh, so it's not just Bobby. There is a demand for this. Folks often use PayPal, but to be honest, that isn't much better, uh, like such as Nintendo. So yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, I've learned my lesson. I have not been personally affected. Uh, but with me, because I go by Black Wolf on uh, like all these services, uh, people try to steal my account all the time uh, on PlayStation and Xbox. I will routinely get emails because somebody's on the phone with Xbox customer service trying to say, oh, yeah, I lost my account. It's this gamer tag, and and so they send me the verification code, and the guy's like, "Oh no, I lost my phone. I don't, you know, my phone. I, I had to get a new number, so I'm not getting your verification code." They try that all the time, uh, and so like about once a month, I'll get an uh, email saying, "Hey, this is your act, your verification code because you're on the phone with customer support right now," and uh, they try to do that. Um, there are people that are paid a lot of money to steal gamer tags. Uh, and, and I have, I have one that people want. And I know this because I get like, uh, probably about 10 people a week add me on Xbox, uh, because they don't have, it's not a friend request. They just follow. Uh, and they all think I'm this Minecraft player. But now that Xbox allows you to have the same name, so they allow duplicate gamer tags. They just add a little number to the end of it. Everybody adds me instead of adding the person that has the numbers at the end. So that's why I don't give my credit card information out because 
at some point that social engineering is going to work. There is going to be a time that some somebody's going to take my gamer tag. They're going to finally convince the poor uh, underpaid uh, phone rep in a call center. They're gonna they're gonna finally get the right one that's going to unlock my account, transfer it to them, and then they're going to go sell it for hundreds or thousands of dollars on the dark web um, because it's a prestigious name that people want. So. Um, so yeah, and uh, DJ Ramos says so that explains the numbers. Yes, like the your name plus those numbers is unique. Your name, but if you had a, your account long enough, uh, and you're the first one, you don't have numbers after your name. It's only when, and I think now, like I think everybody has number. Like if you make a new account or do anything, it's going to add numbers. Discord does it, so you'll actually notice like your Discord tag actually has numbers after it. That way people can have the same name, it's just different numbers. Uh, and I think Battle.net uses this uh, this method as well. So, um, But if you have one that doesn't have the numbers, that's pretty valuable, and people will pay quite a lot of money for it. And there are people that are more than willing to take that money to do the social engineering needed to get your account. ZenMonkey11 says, so this is like Game of Thrones, they're all fighting for the House of Black Wolf. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm sure that what they do is they try, uh, and and uh, thankfully they haven't gotten through just yet. But it's probably going to happen, which is going to be a really damn shame. Uh, but I've I've got like two factor, three factor, four, you know, wh- however many authentication factors I can have, I've got on my Sony, and PlayStation, and Nintendo accounts. Uh, in Steam account, even though my Steam account's not as much, it's not as a prestigious name, so the Steam account should be fine, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to take a quick music break, and then uh, we'll talk about, uh, we'll, we'll talk to Rob and talk about other things going on in the gaming industry. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show and the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. This is Commodore Lawson of the LTE Bridge, and you're participating with the Bobby Blackwolf Show. See, we had this thing about the Star Trek crews uh, here on the network, and uh, and uh, so I wanted to play that. That was uh, you can you can be a Star Trek captain uh, on the LTE Bridge. Thank you so much for that. Uh, at least here here in the Atlanta area, they play Artemis, uh, the the spaceship simulator. Uh, it's like a, it's a it's a video game slash LARP at the same time. Uh, and so they run them at Dragon Con and some other conventions down here in the South, as well as Southern Fried Gaming Expo, which is coming up. Uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo, we are we are planning to sponsor it again. Uh, we haven't paid the money yet, so that's why I haven't uh, I haven't said that we're sponsoring. But we're we're planning on it. It should happen. Um, but Dragon Con, uh, they have it there. I do want to mention uh, announce that because uh, I think we kind of buried it a little bit, but we. Uh, have been accepted as attending professionals again, so we will see you at Dragon Con. And also, for the first time ever at Dragon Con this past year in 2022, uh, they sent the full $100,000 charity match, uh, which is the first time they've actually ever done that. Char- uh, Dragon Con always benefits a charity every year, and they do a um, they do a match up to like $100,000, and I guess in the past they've never hit that $100,000. But this is the first time that they raised over $100,000 uh, for for that charity, so they're actually upping their match up to one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars for next year, 
uh, for this coming year. And so uh, if you're at DragonCon, or I, I think there's even ways to donate online, if you, you know, even if you're not there. But they have ways to donate uh, to, to the charity uh, that they're going to be choosing. And I don't know what it's going to be this coming year, but uh, it's, uh, they, they always pick some good ones uh, as well. And I, I want to mention also Southern Fried Gaming Expo is going to be the last weekend of July here in uh in, in uh here in atlanta and uh they actually announced some of their guests all right uh already and um if you are interested in some of the these guests i will uh show that uh the first guest they announced is phil moore who is the host of nick arcade is going to be at southern fried gaming expo so uh that that's going to be fun i haven't thought about nick arcade in a long long time um, and, uh, I'm going to see if they, I think they've announced another guest as well. Um, but that may have been, that may have actually been the first guest. So they've announced the first guest and I believe that's who it was. Uh, so they're, they're going to be announcing more guests, uh, as they come, but that is going to be the first big event. It's their, it's their 10th annual event. So they're trying to go, go big, uh, and voice of geeks network. We are excited to be part of, uh, of that and, uh, have been there for a very, very, very long time. In fact, we have a little plaque. Uh, that uh, if you're watching on Twitch, it's, it's it's there's a little plaque right here that we were given uh, as a thank you from Southern Fried Gaming Expo. So near and dear to my heart uh, so, uh, with uh, with them. So you can find out more information about them. They're at GameATL.com if you are here in the Atlanta area in the last weekend of July for some pinball where you should be able to, They'll have uh, the new Foo Fighters pinball machine. That was announced, but also the other pinball machines. Uh, there have been several pinball machines by the companies coming out. Uh, they've announced them in the past couple of weeks. So we're getting a Godfather based on the Godfather movies and a Pulp Fiction one. And also, I will mention that they did announce that Multimorphic Pinball is going to be there. They are the ones that do the P3 system, which is the Weird Al Yankovic pinball machine. So the Weird Al game will be at Southern Fried Gaming Expo if you go. But coming up next tonight here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Network is uh, Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. Uh, and we like to check in with them and see what's going on there. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that it works because I set up like all like the Discord integration with my console. So it's like, you want to talk on your console? And I'm like, no, I don't. I want to talk right here. So Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. At least this part worked. I, I had set up some console stuff, so some pop-ups came up like, you want to talk on your PlayStation 5? You can talk on your PlayStation 5. Click this button to talk on the... And I'm like, no! Leave me alone! Yeah, that, that official upgrade rolling out makes me a little nervous, because you might remember that held me back from being able to play Theatre them right at uh, minute zero that mm-hmm. one night, but I'm hoping they got all that ironed out before they uh, rolled yeah. that out to the masses. I can play Theatre them now, for yeah. what it's worth, so yeah. I guess... We'll see what happens with the next big game. Yeah. So, so I saw that you cleared uh, you you um, cleared all uh, all of the uh, the games. So you've been you've been doing some more theater them. Ish. Um, I've cleared all the stages, like the quest stages. Meaning, yeah. I've just played through, but I haven't done every song. Yeah. So I finally. So so I was streaming pretty much 100 percent of my gameplay up to that point, mm-hmm. but I did finally allow myself to play some off stream, just because you know you don't always feel like being on and doing right. commentary with everything. Uh, and hearing people tell you to use your items. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, but uh, <laughs> I uh, played a little items. bit. Of- 
I played a little bit off stream. Well, I did a little research on Reddit and I was like, mm -hmm. what is a good like item farming party? And uh -huh. I got some ideas and I raised a bunch of characters level 99. And so so I'm making my way through just trying to play every song one time because I think there is a trophy. If there you is. play every non-deluxe yep. edition song one time. So I'm just making my way through that right now and, and farming some items as I do it so I can get even more eggs in my inventory. Yep. But um, I've also been using the eggs. I want to say I have about 15 characters at level 99, Good. maybe more. So just working my way through that. Yeah. But I mean, and it's it's a nice little, uh, the reason I got it on Switch is it's really nice to just be able to pick it up and play for like 5, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Um, and so that that's why that was why if I hold up my 3DS, which, oh, my 3DS is right here on the table next to me. And I'm like, it's not charged <laughs> right now. But if I look at what game is actually in the 3DS, it is Final Fantasy uh, Theatrhythm Curtain Call is what was in my nice. 3DS because that was the game that I played a lot of, uh, like on airplanes and stuff, because like, okay, if I get interrupted, oh, whoop-de-doo, you know, pause and, you know, restart. I'm not in the middle of something. Mm -hmm. And then it's, I'm, and I'm, and I'll never lose more than like three minutes of progress. I mean, I guess I could use the PlayStation app on my phone and connect a, a but mm -hmm. I, the lag on a music yeah. game would not be fun to deal with. Yeah. So it's silly, but that's all right. I, I knew it. I, I knew the pros and cons of what I bought it. And as Sharon Matt says, the next DLC pack is this week. It's World Ends With You. Yes, it is. It's yes, The World Ends With is. You. And uh, it's they they, I, they had The World Ends With You on the 3DS and they actually do have like the, the Tokyo, the Neo Tokyo backgrounds and everything. So they do try to embrace uh, you know, so the backgrounds at least. You know, you're not going to get any new characters, unfortunately. But there's there's enough characters and enough enough ways to to put them together. Yes, we have the world ends with you this week, and then in so they're they're pretty much going to be releasing packs every other week for mm -hmm. the next several months. Like I want to say through summer, they've got stuff yeah. scheduled. I mean, you know, they have a lot. Uh, the next release after World Ends with You is near. Um, yeah. which is going to be a big one. So, uh, cause that has some pretty amazing songs as well. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, this is a good month for theater. Them. Yeah. And, and Dave, uh, those of us who, uh, spent the hundred bucks up front, uh, we're getting all those and they have not mm -hmm. even told us what the last ones are going to be because you know, it's going to be 16. Yeah. 16. And, um, maybe like a 14 end Walker or I, I don't know. Yeah. I think that might be a reach, but 16 for sure. And probably in reality, an unannounced square project, or maybe like the pixel remasters or something. Yeah. Something that releases kind of between now and then probably. Yeah. Uh, and I know you've done a little bit of the no man's sky, uh, expedition. So mm -hmm. I like to check in. How is that? Uh, how is that going so far? Much better than the last couple. Um, mm -hmm. Expedition 7 was really atrocious. That was the one that was the roguelike. 8 yeah. wasn't bad. It was just a little bit of a grind. I just I was so put off by 7. I never really got around to finishing 8. But 9, nine is back into the type of rhythm that I like. It's the mm -hmm. right cadence, the right speed, not a ton of grinding. They did up some of the, you know, minerals and things. You know, it's basically Minecraft in space, right? But with mm -hmm. much better graphics. Um, so they upped a lot of the minerals for some of the basic recipes you need, but it's not, it's not that bad. Like it's a reasonable challenge. Um, and not a lot of space fighting. It's weird. I get the threats of space fights, but they never actually engage. So I don't know what that's about, but, um, it, the gist of this expedition. So there's like usually a little twist with every expedition. This one is you never actually leave the solar system. They've done one where you don't leave the planet until the very end. I want to say that was like number three, but in this one, you don't leave the system until the very end. And, uh, you, you're trying to build a base on each planet. And the first planet is like the perfect planet. No weather, 
you know, it's, it's a very, very easy planet. And then some of the later ones, you know, you get aggressive sentinels, which can be kind of a pain and, and you know, some other things. So it, it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good challenge. I've been enjoying it. So I'm hoping to finish that this next week. I, I think I only have about three more weeks to do it. So I got to finish it at some point. Is it possibly because of like, if you've got like the accessibility settings and stuff that turn down the difficulty of like combat, is that possibly affecting it? I haven't looked, but I remember with the revival expeditions, which came after that patch, you couldn't change the difficulty. They <gasps> were they were locked in for an expedition. How dare they? Um, so my yeah, my guess is with number nine, they're probably locked in as well. Okay. Because I was like, if there's a threat of space fighting and it doesn't happen, maybe it's because the difficulty has been set to not have space fights. It, it may actually be set there um, yeah. or the you, the universe. Uh, my, my guess is that every solar system has its own sort of um, threat level. And my guess is that the solar system is set to a low threat level. Yeah. Um, since space fighting is not the focus of this uh, right. expedition. All right. Well, I know you've been streaming it on your personal channel. So that's where uh, people can see watch you uh, stream it and, and yell at you for not uh, reading the flavor text in the bottom right hand corner, which is what I like to do. I got to get better if at not backseating. If it wouldn't, it's fine. Because if the text wouldn't keep changing back to that planet map, use your planet scanning yeah. thing, I'd, it, I'd be more apt to keep my eyes down there. But it always switches to something. That's, that's something I really hope they fitch, fix in a future update. But unfortunately, it's kind of been that way for a little bit. So I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Uh, so what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio? Was it a slower news week or was that just me closing myself off? A little bit. I think there are some stories that uh, that I think are kind of big that we want to touch on. One of them being, um, well, since you brought up Square Enix, uh, let's talk a little bit about Chrono Cross mm -hmm. and why they did that remaster. It's kind of interesting. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I think kind of the big news this week is around Discord. There's a lot mm -hmm. of uh, controversy around where Discord might be going. People are changing some settings as a result. And then, of course, you mentioned Discord on the PlayStation 5 as well. So it's mm -hmm. been kind of a wild week for Discord. So we'll get into that as well. And then... Um, um, an unlikely partnership between Diablo 4 and a major fast food company. Okay. It's really interesting. But yeah. um, on, I guess the question is, would you eat this to get in a beta? Mm. To get in a beta? To get in the Diablo 4 beta? I'd eat one. but yeah. Or I'd just plunk down the $100 to get the Uber edition, which is what I really did. So. Yeah. yeah and, and I mean, I'm just shocked. Discord is going after things that are very unpopular. Like, uh, you know, I mean, we had NA earlier that they were getting into and i'm just shocked mm -hmm. that discord would keep going in that direction orange Lounge radio like discord discord wants to buy square enix orange Lounge radio <laughs> is up next thanks so much rob thanks as always bobby so uh that is it for me i will be back next sunday night 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific right here at the voice geeks network twitch channel twitch.tv slash fog network come join us and interact with the show directly thank you so much for being here i do know that there is a major award show uh, if you are on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord, I believe there is a um, there there is a, a thread in there that has uh, essentially all the tweets uh, that that of who's won and stuff. And so we were trying to keep them inside a thread, hopefully, uh, so you don't get spoiled. Uh, but thank you so much for being here. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, I am on social media at Bobby Blackwolf just about everywhere. Uh, MSTDN.games is my Mastodon instance that I am on. So if you're on the Fediverse, that is where I am uh, there. And I usually post longer form thoughts than I do on other sites that I may have been using for 15 years. 
Uh, but I'm still on all those other sites as well. Uh, so if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make all this work, especially because I just did the taxes for the LLC that we you know, kind of have to hold all this stuff. Uh, can't make all this work without the uh, chatters who are able uh, to go above and beyond. If you can't, you being here is just great. But I do want to thank those that went above and beyond. Because we did have a hype train when we started the show. So uh, I do want to thank Rob Roberts for the resubscription. So, uh, he said, uh, my sub ends today, but I'm still allowed to post this. Uh, Dark Tetsia resubscribed. Happy 26-month anniversary and 11-month streak. Dark Tetsia has been here since the beginning. Don't don't look at that number. It's, it's, it's way bigger than that. Sean322 cheered 200 butts. Uh, t- butts. No, not butts. Bits. Let me slow down. 200 bits from Sean322. Not bits. Saying choo-choo. I promise that is what it said. Choo-choo. Uh, Pod Culture gave out a community sub gift. Thank you so much. Who got that one? Uh, E3VL got that one. So congratulations, E3VL. Sean322 cheered another 100 bits. Said hogwash. Uh, and uh, Zeba resubscribed. Thank you so much for the resubscription. And that got our hype train. We ended at level two with four sub gifts and 300 bits. Not butts. If I didn't repeat it over and over again, you would have forgotten because Twitch chat usually has the memory of a goldfish. But I'm going to go ahead and hit the button uh, so I don't say anything else that uh, you'll forget in about five seconds. Uh, Thank you so much. And uh, take care of yourself. Take care of everybody else. And uh, I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.